Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we're going back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe for the beginning of the next major phase of all of the things that will take up all the air in the room when it comes to movies for the next 10, 15, 20 years. It is Marvel's Eternals, directed by Chloe Zha. And joining me is James Anderson, from the Timeline Scavengers podcast. James was on the podcast a couple of years back. I'm glad to have him back. We have a great conversation coming up. We had a lot of fun talking about this one. Uh, it's not a very good movie, but still, that doesn't really matter. We get to talk about puzzle pieces, and we have a lot of them between the two of us. So great conversation coming up here. Before we get to it, I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts. You can rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser or Good Pods. We appreciate the five stars. We appreciate a nice, concise, well-thought-out little review. But you could also just get in touch with me, you know. I'm also on social media at Piecing Pod. There's also the Facebook group Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. And uh, you could also just email me, bydavidrosen at gmail.com. I love to hear from people who listen to the show. You know, if we missed any puzzle pieces you think we should have talked about, or if you uh, want to maybe join me for an upcoming episode. There's plenty of movies I'm going to be wanting to cover. So get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. So with that said, uh, I do want to mention we do have a Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon. Uh, we post bonus and advanced content from Piecing It Together, as well as stuff from Awesome Movie Year, the other movie podcast I produce, and stuff from my music career. And I will be posting a couple of new uh, early Piecing It Together episodes this week uh, on there, so definitely check that out. And then there's also bonus content from Awesome Movie Year. I'm getting towards releasing a bonus companion album to my most recent album, The Dissection Table. Uh, I have some extra tracks that I kind of pulled out of the film score that that album comes from and i'm gonna get that up there very soon uh when i don't know but it's gonna happen and it will exclusively be on the patreon so check out the produced by david rosen patreon and with that said let's talk about eternals all right so it's marvel time again on the show and joining me today to talk about eternals James Anderson, his first time on the show in a couple of years now. We just figured this out. <laughs> James, how's it going, man? 
it's it's gone okay. It's it's wild. The uh the the lifespan of of podcast guesting is is so short. It feels like over two years is like forever Crazy. for some people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, it's like it, 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 we've been doing this stuff a long time, and mm-hmm. uh, we just keep doing it. Basically, I mean, we'll Absolutely. be on phase phase eight of marvel cinematic universe by the time you know i don't know but exactly uh, exactly yeah this will be an interesting movie to talk about that's mm-hmm. that's number number one to get out of the gate here this is of course <laughs> a major major uh cornerstone of the next i i don't know how many years of the the marvel cinematic universe i mean it's the yeah. biggest thing of the last 15 years it has been these marvel movies and now uh, this is this is the start of whatever's going to come next, and it has been, you know, at best received in a mixed way. I would say this is yeah. recording this a week after it came out. Um, what did you think of the movie? I would say I uh-huh. liked it um, in situ. I like remembering things that happened in it, uh-huh. but when it comes to a whole thing. Mm, they tried to squeeze a whole bunch in and it feels yes. like that is like, you know, I don't think we, I don't think it's, it's, it's legal for, for the purposes of this show, but pieces of this movie, I feel are the three Eternals movies that should have been instead of this one movie. Sure. Like <laughs> at least I was listening with my friend. I listed like six different movies that I could see full movies for that were plotted in this movie. And yeah, that was tough. And and to be that clear, tough. that is the weird thing about this movie. And we'll, we'll get into plenty more along the way as we're doing puzzle pieces and all that. But just to kind of throw it out there, the weird thing about this movie to me is it seems like the success of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is very specifically. I mean, yes, there's there's a long history of fandom for these characters, but it seems like the success of the movies was in all of these origin stories and then teaming them all up. Yes, and exactly they're almost right. going against their own strategy here. Well, you you have to either have beloved historical characters like Spider Man, where you can skip the origin, mm-hmm. thank God, or do the origin that hasn't been done a bunch of times and then yeah put them together or guardians of the galaxy it where you're introducing a whole bunch of characters no one's ever heard of captain marvel i guess was sort of the same way where it's like but the soundtrack somehow smooths the transition for people that don't really know what's going on into like well i don't know who these people are but i sure do like this song from the 70s so i guess i'll I'll hang out yeah um this had none of that (laughs) No, it, it, it didn't. Here's it ten, just new had ten new characters. And... There you, go. you owe me a Coke. Yeah, you know, clearly we're both going to have plenty to say. Let's start with some puzzle pieces here, and we'll get into yeah. all the things we want to say along the way. What do you have for your first piece? Um, well, I, I considered Magnificent Seven, but that's not quite right. So Blues Brothers is my first piece puzzle piece because there's a definite getting the band back together thing going on here. Sure, um, yeah. That is a large portion of this movie. So I definitely got a like, and we're here now. Oh, I haven't seen you in years sort of deal. Um, yeah. No, perf- no musical performances by Aretha or James Brown, but uh, no, we do have you know, uh, Kumail do- doing his Bollywood thing though. So <laughs> there you that go. was, that was you know. yeah, <laughs> there you go. Oh, <laughs> yeah. man, there's a whole Bollywood piece, a whole section of puzzle pieces that I'm going to not be able to even talk about. Oh man. Wow. This, this movie had so much, it wasn't a, a thin movie. It was just mm-hmm. there's it was too much to process. I feel like 
Right. Um, There's a lot but, packed in and, and yeah. things can apply here. They can apply there or just not apply at all to certain sections of the exactly. movie. And exactly. yeah, but yeah, it is very much though, a getting the band back together kind of movie. And it's a, I don't know, I guess in, in one way though, that has kind of been the, the recent Marvel formula. It's like mm-hmm. get, using different kind of archetypes of different styles of action movie and kind of, putting them into the superhero world. And so I, I guess it yeah. makes sense to use that as a framework, but at the same yeah. time, like we said, we need to know who all these people are so we can care about them. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And the yeah. Blues Brothers also had the the thing that really confused me growing up was that there was backstory they alluded to that I was like, did I miss? Was mm-hmm. this a something that largely I, over the past decades, I've I've realized I don't think, I think it's just alluded to. And that sort of felt like this too, where it was like, Ah, uh, we meet again after all that stuff we went through, and it's like I mean, we saw some of it, but we didn't see all of it. So sure, yeah. I guess we'll just sort of <laughs> go along with they know what they're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna go on to my first piece, and uh, I I'm not really familiar at all with the Eternals comics, so I'm not sure how much of this comes from the comics and how much is just movie specific or whatever. But uh, for my first piece, I'm not gonna go with a movie. I'm gonna go with a History Channel TV series, History Channel of all places, called okay. Ancient Aliens. And oh, okay. uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it it was a fun show for for a few seasons. Uh, for for people who like to dip their toe into the uh, conspiracy theory uh, world of aliens having visited us and helped us along with our technology and our achievements as human beings, yeah. the show kind of went off the deep end once they started uh, getting into some really far fetched stuff. And uh, <laughs> I think we stopped watching my wife and I, uh, girlfriend at the time, when they started blaming aliens for werewolves, which is like oh. like okay, I guess hmm. we're run out of ideas for this show now, but <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, <laughs> Prove the, the, that the central didn't do werewolves. <laughs> yeah, I guess you can't. You definitely can't. But uh, but yeah, the central idea here with the Eternals is that for mm-hmm. the last seven thousand years they've been on Earth. They were sent to protect us from the deviants, which are like these demon dog things. Uh-huh. Uh, and and there's there's a whole ulterior motive, which we'll probably get into because we do do spoilers mm-hmm. here on the show. Sure, um, but I won't jump to that quite yet but what i will say though is while they've just been stuck here on earth just hanging around until their next uh mission operative or whatever they uh are just kind of helping us along and helping us with with our uh growth as a species and with Mm -hmm. technological advancements and uh that is what they've been doing for the last four thousand years instead of stopping famine and the holocaust and uh (laughs) thanos and all these things they've just been uh helping us along i guess so just like the ancient aliens exactly exactly actually um if i may, that leads me into one that i had which was star trek okay kind of a prime directive thing going on here where it's like we can't interfere we gotta just watch this but what if we did interfere but we can't but what if Mm. we did just that kind of conflict kind of blending with that ancient alien thing where it was like we're so much more civilized than these people we could help them so much but we can't because we're so right we have so much integrity yeah um (laughs) and and i'm not really a star trek guy i'm not really that big of a like hardcore nerdy Mm sci-fi guy but at the same time i think this movie would have definitely benefited from more of that i think getting into the sci-fi of the fact that you've got these you know 
space alien god robot creature things uh-huh. that are here helping <laughs> us along and you know and what that means and, and where you know where that takes us and what it means for for humanity and our history and all that stuff i think getting into some of that would have helped and i know you know people were were very much hoping for chloe ja coming off the the win for nomadland and 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 her other work is fantastic as well um was going to bring in more humanity to all these characters and Somehow, in getting mixed up with the Marvel machine, I think she just wasn't able to do that. It's a combination of that and there just being too many to focus on. So if you're not going to do that, focusing on the sci-fi would have been, I think, a better Mm -hmm. direction. Sure, for sure. Have the system more be a character than the individual characters themselves. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, I'll go to another puzzle piece then. It kind of like piggybacks right off those ideas of sci-fi. And that is going to be Ridley Scott's Alien prequels, Prometheus and Alien Mm. Covenant, movies Mm -hmm. which I am a big defender of. I I really do love those. Maybe part of it is because as good as Alien and Aliens are, they're not like my favorite movies. So like I I don't have that history with the series so much. And so I just really like the ideas it tries to put forward about the creators of of humans and the creators of whatever came before that and uh, the relationship between, you know, creators and their creations and all that stuff and filling in these gaps of history on the planet that, of course, are fictionalized and total sci-fi but feel like in a strange weird way and we actually just talked about this on the dune episode the other biggest movie of the year (laughs) uh dune and eternals really are like kind of the big movies this year and uh they both i think were inspired by prometheus and alien covenant because Mm. they both have that feeling of like you're watching some kind of ancient history book being being pulled out and we're we're yeah. finding out what happens before we were alive and it's right. it's an interesting direction to take thing and very like i said very sci-fi-ish and i wish it leans more into that for sure i i was actually on a, a podcast uh talking about three minutes in the middle of alien covenant which i'd never seen i'd seen alien mm-hmm. i know the rough premise of aliens and then i have seen the one the one thing with Sigourney Weaver and the thing from Alien 3. And then I'd seen nothing else. So the right. host of it was like, yes, like a Dr. Frankenstein. Ooh, this will be so interesting to have you watch uh, Covenant with no other context. And I exactly right. I totally, I was like, this is awesome. How come people like don't, how, how can people say this isn't good? This is amazing. And, and like really, really thought provoking and stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Like a Genesis of, a planet sort of deal what do you do if you are the first people there yeah absolutely or, and, and there, there's so there's so many interesting ideas baked into there and uh it's uh, that's why i really love those movies and i you know i don't know you know obviously last duel didn't do too well in theaters unfortunately and we'll see what happens with house of gucci but i i hope he gets to make his third one it's supposed to be a three movie series i i'm still holding out hope i don't know if it'll <laughs> ever happen but i want to know what happens with david yeah the, uh, totally the android but uh what do you got for your next piece um i think that that the next thing that makes most sense to go to uh is something that i'll hold for later um what about umbrella academy that's something that that um that occurred to me Okay, I did um, it, not watch that. I know it was very popular though. It 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 was very it was very good and interesting and very sort of like ah yes, indie comic books, got it. Which is not to say that, you know, Eternals from Marvel is an indie comic book by any stretch of the imagination, but 
there was an element of there's a whole bunch of people that are um, very different, but they were a team, and then they got broken up, and now what are the repercussions of of that having happened? Their leader sort Mm. of disbanded the stuff, and then they have to get back together under sort of mysterious solve-a-murder sort of circumstances that also have to do with the end of the world kind of thing. Mm. Um, Right. And there's also sort of a snark factor that was in Eternals that is also in Umbrella Academy where it's like, (laughs) heroes, rolls eyes, or, Yeah. yeah, heroes, raises fist but also you know like all the different ways you can look at superhero dem and stuff like that um was in yeah. both of them too yeah well, that's necessary for marvel movies totally. i mean that's kind of <laughs> par for the course but uh but yeah no i i know a lot of people really like that and and i think even though eternals are not you know an indie comic book it, it is still a smaller run from what i understand Absolutely. there was only like what was it like a dozen issues or something yeah it was something that i had never i'm I'm reading some old comics at the moment, and so far the Eternals are basically this evil group of aliens that like are like the bosses of this other alien. I'm like, this is gonna be what the movie's about. I don't really understand what's gonna happen here. And then by the end of the movie, I was like, all right, yeah, no, yeah, everything sort of checks out, I guess. <laughs> so, I guess so. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I because you know me, I, I'm not like a big superhero guy sure. comic book guy and sure. they won me over with fun movies you know what mm-hmm. i mean like iron man mm-hmm. was so much fun the captain america movies are so much fun and mm-hmm. man all, all these things i i don't know if they're gonna be able to keep me with this like just this heavy just space stuff like it's just it's it's so over the top and like i like over the top but i don't know if they're gonna be able to keep me on with this stuff they need to figure out a tone they need to yeah. figure out what tone they're going for. Because, like, you know, you had, like, uh, Brian Tyree Henry absolutely destroying in this movie. I loved him so much. Oh, um, yeah. Killing it in sort of a Black Panther vibe kind of mm-hmm. deal with, like, a, you know, I'm doing all this hard work and being amazing, but also get off my back and back up and whatever. Kind of the, you know, whatever. But you also have, like, very serious kind of... um I guess Captain America, but like kind of like the Icarus as like, I'm this guy and I need to save the day and I have all these issues that I haven't dealt with. So I guess I'll deal with them in the movie. Like, again, if this was like four different movies, you could pick and choose what flavor you wanted as opposed to the mystery flavor that they've blended together here where you don't know what you're supposed to be feeling from moment to moment. Um, Right. Yeah. 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 Well, I'll go ahead with another puzzle piece here. And these are movies that it's an entire series, actually, uh, that I'm going to use as one piece. And I've seen these movies one time each. So they kind of all run together for me. So I'm not sure which one is which. But Michael Bay's Transformers movies, um, Uh (laughs) which running through these movies, which are very ridiculous, but some of them are pretty fun. The first one's genuinely pretty great. And, uh, I actually really like the last night, which is so stupid, but like I had so much fun with it. But there's this thing that runs through this series where the Transformers 
were around for these like moments and pivotal right. moments in human history, you know, with the moon landing, uh, King Arthur apparently, and, and you know, <laughs> last night, like, like all, all this like weird stuff where, yes, that happened, but also there were Transformers there. Right. And that's kind of with the, we talked about already with the ancient aliens, uh, the Eternals have just been there through everything that we've been through as a species here. Right. It's a uh, little known fact, uh, Transformers Last Night is actually a direct sequel to the Richard Gere, Sean Connery movie, The First Night. Um, oh, sure, So you sure. have to watch those to really get the, the story. You have to watch them back to back. Yeah, absolutely. I, on my next rewatch, I'm going to do that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, what do you have for your next piece? Well, let's see. I guess I got some sort of interview with a vampire uh, stuff going on here with like okay. a examination of immortality and like how some people are like yay living forever and some people are like uh the endless drudge of existence and sort of just like hanging out with each other (laughs) yeah that's good that's a good piece (laughs) yeah it it i was it's one it's fun to to think about how about these puzzle pieces like after the fact because you're like you have to sort of especially with this one which is just chock full of stuff you have to be like all right this part what did that make me feel? What else did that make me feel like? And you have to kind of like probe your brain to be like, oh wait, that's like in what am I feeling here? I had I went on I went on with my with my friends and I was like, what is that movie where? And I think we'll get to it. It's a wild, wildly unexpected piece for me. And I was like, where this happens, they're like, that is t- far too vague. And I was like, I know, I know, it's just a feeling. <laughs> I need to figure it out. But um yeah it's if you so can make it with work vampire, you make it work yeah exactly you got you got to make it work but um interview with vampire i feel like has that sort of and then throughout time they were still just there and what would you do if you were if you had hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years to be just there would you be rich would you be a hermit etc 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 yeah yeah no that that's that's a great piece yeah and i mean it it is kind of in it speaks again to it being either three movies or it being maybe a disney mm-hmm. plus series which I, I i see a lot of people say that and i agree with it but that also means i probably wouldn't watch it i haven't watched any of the disney plus marvel <laughs> shows yet so right. uh th- that would be bad for me i guess but but yeah i mean it, to see what how all these people are dealing with immortality would definitely be uh you know seeing more of it anyway would would i think maybe be an interesting direction to take this well, and you could do the thing that we're talking about, and I wonder if this is what people mean when they say it. Like, you could have, oh man, that's so many people. You could probably group them into pairs or something. You could have like eight episodes where you examined a per a character or a group of characters. One and, and a then, half eternal. Or yeah, exactly. And then like <laughs> ten and, and eleven or something are the let's get together and and feel all right sort of uh end of sure. the end of the series yeah it needed to be my friend was like i can't tell if it needed to be longer i was like no 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 no, no. didn't need to be longer that is for sure not what it needed no. um but yeah. being split up into more of an episodic thing which is interesting because we keep talking about these series that it reminded us of um really pushing towards this this should have been yeah broken up yeah, absolutely <laughs> many uh, different pieces that's- very true very true um i'll go to another piece here this one kind of deals just more with the styling of it and Mm -hmm. uh it's actually a video game it is the latest legend of zelda game breath of the wild on nintendo switch 
Yeah, I, I just think that the the way that uh, Chloe Zhao and the you know the animators, visual effects people, the way they designed uh, the costumes, the weapons, the technology, all with these like glowing lines and patterns on them that really only stand to like kind of make it look cool and sort of yeah. futuristic while also ancient at the same time. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, it kind of <laughs> has very much the same styling that Nintendo used for that new Zelda game. Interesting. Okay, yeah, I can I can definitely see that. I haven't played it, but everyone I've talked to says like I don't really hear about the gameplay, but I do hear about like the the setting and the scenery and stuff and how gorgeous a game it is and that right, that right. rings true with what this had going on for it. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow, good piece. Definitely cool. a good piece. Well, uh what do you got next? All right. Let's go um I had Dogma. Okay. And it's for a specific couple of things. Again, we have sort of an immortality thing, and we have a uh, where do you end up? Do you end up in Wisconsin? All this stuff. Um, <laughs> different philosophies of how to treat humanity. How, you know, we are super powerful. We should be subjugating them. We are not super powerful. We should not be subjugating them. Uh, one of them super devoted to a higher power that it's not doesn't turn out great what they do with the higher power. Also mm-hmm. happens in Dogma. And specifically, there's a thing at the end of Dogma where, where Ben Affleck is, is like flying down to win the game and he's flying down with his wings and he looks exactly like Icarus throughout most yeah. of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that is really funny. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I love that you brought Dogma up. That, that is such a great puzzle piece. Um, and, and it's also a great, great uh, companion piece to, to my next puzzle piece. So I, I'm really glad that you brought it in. You went, you went with the more fun, light version. I went with the heavier, darker version. Uh, I'm going with Darren Aronofsky's Mother. Okay. <laughs> Which is a movie that I absolutely love. Uh, it's very love it or hate it movie. but And I bring it up on the show quite often. But I, I felt a lot of connection here with this uh, movie, Eternals. Especially, let's get into some spoilers here. Yeah. Um, the, the celestial that's kind of in charge of Earth uh, is Arishem. And he's the one that sent the Eternals to protect humans for his big plan of increasing our population so that way they can birth a new eternal or i mean a new celestial out of the core of the earth killing all of us uh so it's a very it's kind of an interesting plan actually i kind of it's maybe my favorite part of the movie um (laughs) but the idea that this character who's essentially like the god of earth i mean he's basically god you know is is kind of this evil narcissist, um, yeah. kind of kind of like God <laughs> in Darren Aronofsky's mother, who only cares about the adoration of his creation um, right. and only cares about people just loving him and just doing you know everything in his name um, is just incredibly dark and yeah. awesome, and uh, <laughs> I, I think is a great great connection here to uh, to mother. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I love that we got Dogma and Mother as puzzle pieces for a Marvel movie. Absolutely. Uh, If we're getting into spoilers, then we have to bring up the next obvious puzzle piece, which is, of course, Disney's Moana. Okay. Where you have a large landmass scale threat that has Mm -hmm. to be taken on by someone who can affect like water and element stuff with her magic powers while a larger sort of stronger dude sort of 
punches the bad guys and protects her. Sure. And then you have to kind of calm the volcano and then you win the game. So like the last, the sort of the climax of, of Eternals is basically a musicless climax to Moana. <laughs> almost sure. <beat> for beat. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't even thought of that, to be honest. You called it obvious, but it, that totally I was, works. I was being completely facetious with the obvious. Okay. It was not a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I certainly had not thought of it. But I mean, I should have thought of it. It makes sense. It makes total sense. <laughs> uh, you ever you ever make your your list of puzzle pieces and then you look back and you feel like you were in sort of a fugue state when you thought of them because you're like oh yeah did i really uh, write down moana here i mean it checks absolutely. out but like <laughs> what one thing i haven't done uh recently especially since like the pandemic is i haven't been listening back to the episodes like i edit them and then post them and then that's it i move mm-hmm. on to the next one uh one sure. of these days i'm going to listen back to some of these and i'm just going to be like what what am i talking about <laughs> that one, what did i say i had no idea what i was talking about on that one but uh <laughs> exactly yeah one absolutely. example been... of that might be my next piece no, yes <laughs> oh. <laughs> i was like but uh <laughs> yeah well i i don't know people might not like my next piece but but uh, I think it uh, it fits really well, and I'm sorry, but uh, I I saw some jokes on Twitter, and people tried to brush these jokes off, and I, I I don't think they should. I think it totally makes sense. People said that Chloe Zhao made the first Marvel DC movie, and this movie feels so much like yeah. Zack Snyder's trilogy <laughs> of DC movies: Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and Justice League. I I'm not. I'm not a big fan of these movies. I think that they're they're fine. I don't think they're as bad as some people make them out to be. Uh, I I actually like Zack Snyder's Justice League, the the cut that came out earlier this year. Um, I right. thought it was actually surprisingly very fun and uh, didn't crumble o- under its insane length. Um, and I think there's so many parallels between that movie and its huge history and all of these characters and all of the setup and all of the story and all the plot. You know, there's just so much going on in that movie. And that's all condensed into two and a half hours here, along yes. with Icarus, who is 100% Superman from Man of Steel. Um, right. No question, he's Henry, Henry Cavill <laughs> Superman. Um, there is just a lot of parallels here. And I think it's a totally fair comparison. I agree, and here's what I, I, I have I, I have owned and read a bunch of DC comics, but I still find myself incredibly unfamiliar. My experience with DC is just like my experience with Eternals, and I, ha- I hadn't made this connection. Um, I get what they're going for. I see a parallel that I recognize in the thing as I am familiar with, and the names sound incredibly made up, like you just <laughs> off the cuff thought of the name for this character just while I was talking to you. Right. And that happened in Eternals. It was so distracting that some of them I could see clear parallels to, like, Festos was Hephaestus. Icarus was Icarus, et cetera, et cetera. But it was like Kingo. And I was like, I don't know. I guess I'll go research (laughs) other gods. Like, Sprite. I was like, I mean, come on. Like, it was like they wanted to do one thing. And, of course, if it's been... 40 years or something since they first started doing Eternals, they've had generations of different things they were trying to squeeze in. But like, yeah, I can see DC definitely also with like the costumes where it's like, look at this metallic colored costume I have on. Watch me pose with it a little bit and then get going. But sure. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, man. 
there's there's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot uh, to unpack. Yeah, it could be an entire episode, honestly, just talking about the connections with uh, Man of Steel and uh, especially Justice League. But yeah, you know, there, there, sure. there's a lot going on with that 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 kind of a tone. But what do you have for your next piece? Okay, here we go. Here's the here's the big one. Here's the big like when I said I had some doozies. Here it is. Okay, the movie Ten Things I Hate About You, and hear me out. Oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> there is a moment. Where we have a standoff where the object of, well, the we'll call boyfriend of one of them is making a decision to leave and do bad stuff. And the one that has the, and the girlfriend says, I don't want to go with you. And the one that has had a crush on him from afar is like, I will go with you. Sprite goes with Icarus instead of Cersei going with Icarus. And it felt to me, and this is what I had to go to my friends with. Um, with saying, what's that movie where the one that likes the one goes with the other one? And they're like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> I think it is 10 Things I Hate About You where uh, Larissa Olnick's character decides not to go to prom with this undermodel guy, Joey, and her best friend, Chastity, who has had a secret crush on him, goes with him anyway. Mm. There's a best friend, I thought I trusted you, I thought we were family against other people thing going on here. Um, mm. that feels, I guess, kind of even more like just teen rom com sort of okay. deal with that decision. I mean, because Sprite has that adolescent thing going on, sort of a perma-adolescence, which also feeds sure. into your um, Kirsten Dunst in Interview with a Vampire sort of deal going on. Um, sure, yeah. But there's a thing where it's, it is definitely like, I've had a, there's a whole other vibe that we haven't talked about which is i've had a crush on this guy and now i'm gonna get him and have him be my boyfriend which is completely out of place in this and the world's ending and we're trying to make some we are gods will we destroy this this entire race stuff going on it's not the time sprite sort of (laughs) moment so it's maybe a little tiny corner little inside puzzle piece but I felt like there was an element there that I wanted to, I didn't want to pass up. And uh, I like yeah. it. I like it. Uh, <laughs> I, I have to say, I haven't, I haven't seen that movie uh, since mm. it first came out, like opening weekend. So I, I'm not quite sure that I, uh, I know that particular connection. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a that little, going uh, for. yeah, it's a little niche. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I love it though. It's a great piece. Um, and, you know, just to the point that you're making there though, I mean, some of the, parts of this movie i think work the least are those attempts at human giving these space gods humanity basically like it's just it's just kind of silly that like these people would be so incredibly powerful yet they'd have these very very simple human issues like right it, it just doesn't add up you know well and and the ones that that i mean like fastos work the best i think because he had the most realistic conflict in that he is a like a an armorer mm-hmm. an inventor who decides not to do that anymore to be a, with a family family man sort of stuff and sort of keep pulling me back in godfather style sort of deal sure that was le- that is a bigger thing than who are you going to go to uh robot god prom with like right right <laughs> and that felt bigger and like more 
in line with sort of world ending, I have to make a choice whether I want to save this small group of people or this larger group of people. Yeah, I agree. His story makes a little more sense. I would say Angelina yeah. Jolie's story, uh, sure. Tina, it makes a little bit more sense. But then the love stories, just no. They they, they really just don't work, you know? Uh, I have a vindictive puzzle piece that I'm going to save and see how I'm feeling. Okay. Um, kind of like a puzzle piece that I just don't like that part of the picture. Um, mm. But I don't know if I I'm I'm not sure it's at the very end and uh, I don't, I don't okay. know. Um, All right. Have to well, see. <laughs> I, I got I got one more for you. Okay. I, I have I have two, but the the other one I, I barely paid attention to the movie, so I'm not going to bring it up. Mm. But okay. but uh, uh, yeah, so I got I got one more that I'm going to actually use, and that is Men in Black. Um, okay. Because w- while these guys they don't. Uh, they don't exactly use a little flash thingy to make people forget that they were there. <laughs> uh, they certainly do show up and cause insane destruction mm-hmm. and like aliens coming from space and these robot dog, devil <laughs> demon dog things and they protect people from that. And then everybody just goes along their, their regular lives like nothing ever happened. So, Druid, did you ever do that cloudy eye thing on me? You, you gotta oh, tell me what? if you ever did that cloudy thing on me, Druid. No. <laughs> yeah right yeah yeah it's like he, he must be he must be just making everybody forget everything yeah the whole the whole secret story where uh that druid has erased a bunch of times they've they're in there it's the the secret me- memento plot of eternals um, yeah sure a little memento in there too <laughs> so what do you have uh next you said you got what one more uh i'm gonna do it's... one more and then one more just sort of one sentence the sort okay. of biggest problem I had with the movie. So my okay. one more serious one is Doctor Who. Um, okay. Aliens from other planets, living amongst humans. No one really looks twice when we have like, holy crap, you're a robot, alien, god, immortal. Mm-hmm. Like especially uh, Cersei's boyfriend, Dane, uh, Kid Harrington's character. It's sure. sort of like, oh yeah, I was prepared for this because someone told me a while ago and it's like, you're taking it really well, buddy. That's you're taking yes. it very well. And so um there's also like a I need to protect this planet, but I'm an alien from it, but I've grown to love it sort of deal going on. Mm-hmm. Um so I think Doctor Who it's like there's 10 doctors all at the same time. So it's like a holiday sure. special. Yeah. Um, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's weird because, you know, I was thinking about this and it's not that much further out there than other Marvel movies, even like, right. you know, Avengers Endgame and, and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Like it was huge. There was Thanos still. There was, you know, these magic right. and all this kind of stuff. But somehow it feels that much more weird and that much more out there. And I don't know what what the reason is that they they can't seem to balance it in this one where it, fe- it doesn't draw attention to itself. I think it's dosage. I think that. We, we led up for a decade to Thanos so that yeah. once we were there, it was like, well, this isn't all that weird. Right. And this, we were like, okay, hang on tight because most of this is going to be exposition. <laughs> yeah, sure, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we didn't have time for characters because we need to move the plot along, um, which was frustrating. Um, mm. But the big problem I had with it David was uh, the last puzzle piece I have is Ace Ventura Pet Detective, and here's why. Oh boy, 
a completely unnecessary and gratuitously distracting sex scene. There is no need for the sex scene in either of those movies. It doesn't move the plot along. It doesn't move the characters along. It does nothing other than, hey, look, and they have sex, and that's it. And I hated uh-huh. it. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that, that's a stance to take, because, I mean, right now, I, I know, like, in the world of film Twitter, there's a lot of back and forth between whether or not, uh, you know, sex scenes have place in movies. And, I mean, they certainly do, but it sure. is completely unnecessary here. You're they, absolutely they, right. They took off their armor? <laughs> like, there's so many, like... I'm f- if there was a secret pregnancy plotline, which would have been wild to s- to cram into this already overstuffed movie, but if there was like mm. a "this is your child," because remember on the rocks, fine. At least it wasn't no plot service. This is yeah. literally like, and I'm sorry, it's not even like you know '80s movies where it's like, well, you know, at least we get to see some some skin <laughs> <Yeah>. here. <laughs> This is like, hey, do you like Rob Stark's back? You do? Well, guess what? (laughs) Guess what? You're in luck. (laughs) Why would they even be programmed with that ability? Why do they have have the the software, the hardware, I guess? Well, there's a joke there, but, you know, like... It doesn't make any sense for a number of reasons. And I've, my friends are keep being like, well, it's to show how deep their love is. And I'm like, that's an incredibly unhealthy way to do that. And now I can't mm. take my kids to see it because I'm fine with implying it happened. Like Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3. There's, and then I slept with her. Plot Iron line. Man does that a lot. Fine. Because it's just like, <laughs> and now they're leaving. And it's not like. The whole thing is right there. I don't know. It just was like, I hate this. I enjoyed the movie so much. Like, if you took that part out, I would move it up like an entire half a step. It really, really soiled it for me. Damn. Well, I, so. and I, that makes that makes sense, though. I, I completely get it. That totally makes sense. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do the finished puzzle here, and then we'll get yeah. into some closing thoughts. But uh, we just talked about Blues Brothers, Ancient Aliens, Star Trek, Prometheus and Alien Covenant, Umbrella Academy, the Transformers movies, Interview with a Vampire, Zelda, The Breath of the Wild, Dogma, Mother, Moana, Zack Snyder's DC Trilogy, 10 Things I Hate About You, <laughs> Men in Black, Doctor Who, and Ace Ventura Pet Detective, and holy shit, is this list all over the place. <laughs> and oh, seems appropriate. I think yes. we did it right. I think we did the correct ones. <laughs> I really do. I seriously do. Um I, yeah, I don't know. Are there things, you know, I'll just say right now, because we have kind of, uh, we've kind of trashed this movie a little bit, I think, through this conversation. Are, what are some things you liked about it? I, I mean, I thought that there were some excellent interactions. I thought there was some great, ba- I love some banter. I thought that there was cool, like, um, they gave Makari, who is Mercury and but her name is Makari in this. It's fine. <laughs> um, she was a fast and also good puncher. And that's so rare to mm. have in a movie like this. You're either fast and then you get clotheslined or you're slow and you're a good puncher. But mm. she was yeah, going yeah. fast and punching, which I was like, yay. Um, cool representation across sure. a number of different dimensions on this movie. Yeah. Um, I like the the very 
you know, if you are up on your 1960s superhero references, you know, then you know who Kit Harrington's going to be playing in four years or whatever. Um, right. That kind of stuff. If I if it was a DC movie and I didn't know it, I would be like, I don't get it and I hate it. But because I <laughs> am a right. little immersed, I was like, oh, cool. They're not even going to say. All right. They're just going to let that one stand. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, I thought they were cool. I mean, they were cool. They always do. One thing I like about Marvel movies is that they have cool characters that are not the superheroes. Mm. Like Kingo's valet was just the best uh, part of the movie. Absolutely. That was going to be a thing I was going to say. He's so (laughs) funny. And you know, that's one thing we talk about a lot lately is how comedies mainstream, like studio comedies just don't exist anymore. And it's because they've been swallowed up into the whole Marvel, you know, universe. And so that's where the comedy is. And he's funny. He's very, very funny. Yep. It, I was, I was worried that Kamale was going to be, too superhero-y and he wasn't and I was refreshed by that Mm. and then he also brought this amazing breath of fresh air of just always has a camera always filming at the worst moments just like a a a running gag side character you gotta love it so so fantastic um so that kind of stuff I really liked uh, I also really liked uh, Barry, Barry Keoghan as Druig. I think that he's probably so the best of the team. Uh, him, so him, good. and Brian Tyree Henry, who's always great. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah I, I, I would say they're like kind of the standouts here. I, I wish I could say the same about you know essentially the main characters, uh, Cersei and Icarus. I, I feel like they're kind of the least good, but at least some of those other characters do kind of pick up the slack. If we'd had a sort of um my dinner with Andre uh, just conversation movie between Icarus and Druig, I probably would be fine with that. Cause I would just love to hear the two of them talk back and forth mm. for hours and hours. Those accents were very excellent. Like yeah. once weirdly Icarus's accent didn't happen. Like he talked, but he didn't, I guess he didn't say any words that sound Scottish until like 25 minutes into the movie. And I was like, sure. Wait a minute. He's not American. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was Captain but, America. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's not Bucky, even though he looks like Bucky. He's <laughs> not though. Um, but yeah, so those accents were good. I just I agree that the. I mean, but that is not always the way. I mean, I guess Spider Man maybe is an exception for me, but like the main character of this kind of thing is rarely cool. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I guess Iron Man. I guess, but like. Usually there's, if it's like, I'm Superman, it's like, yeah, but who's your sidekick? Because what's going right. on over here? Because that's where I want to be. That's where the interesting stuff is going on. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. That is usually where the more interesting things are. But yeah, uh, yeah I, you know, I think that about does it for Eternals. I mean, there, there's so many yeah. things to that we could get into, but uh, I, 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 I think we, we knocked it out, especially when you brought up 10 things I hate about you. So, uh, <laughs> James, is there another movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Um, yes. And here it is. I recently watched for the first time, um, I have a list of Lakeith Stanfield movies that I'm watching and Anna mm-hmm. Kendrick movies I'm watching, okay. um, just to try and catch up on their filmographies. I recently watched End of Watch um, okay. with... Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Pena and Anna Kendrick is in it too. Also, yeah. um, very very interesting uh, shot movie. Very interesting portrayal of of law enforcement movie. Um, so I was surprised. I was 
I'm always nervous about that kind of movie because it's gonna. I'm like, oh man, it's gonna be too intense. And that movie was intense for sure, but also like disarmingly charming. Um, yeah. So I really enjoyed it. Okay, right on. Yeah, you know, I've actually never seen it, and I, I've, it's always been on my list. So I'm going to try to get to that sometime soon for sure. Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, sidekick, interesting character actor Michael Pena. So there that's you go. Connection. I love him. He he <laughs> rules. I love him. Right on. Well, James, why don't you tell people uh, what you got going on and where they can find you? For sure. Um, I just real quick aside. Also, Jake Gyllenhaal is in Marvel movies too. So that's just, there you go. That's the, that's the um, that's it. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I am on uh, so many podcasts, but probably the most germane to this conversation is uh, this year. My friend Colin and I started a Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, podcast called Timeline Scavengers, where we watch each and every scene of each and every Marvel movie and TV show that has happened basically since Iron Man, whether or not it has been decanonized in chronological order. So like, for instance, um, in Eternals, there are scenes in like the 16th century and the 6th century and all this stuff. We have it set up so that we can, we basically put those into our episode list where they go in the timeline. Mm. So we have to say, Hey, there's a new episode, but if you're listening from the beginning, it feels seamless and we never have to be like, and here's an episode that is new, but it's old, all this stuff. So we're going, it's basically, we say it's destined, it's designed to last for absolutely ever. And we're, you know, bequeathing it to our children to continue in our stead, because like we said, it's an impossible, you know, it's a Sisyphusian task because they keep releasing stuff more and more. And yeah, uh, I I take it. It's just MCU though. It is just MCU, although I hear, I didn't watch Let There Be Carnage, but I hear there's a little bit of a tunneling process going on mm. where we may have to get into some other Spider-Man related universes there, which will uh, increase our time uh, a lot, and we don't need that. But well, you got the rest of your life, so... Uh, <laughs> exactly, we have the rest... <laughs> I, I was telling my wife, uh, you know, we might get to this uh, before I die. And she's like, what do you mean before you die? I'm like, you don't understand the scope of what it is that we've signed up for. It's <laughs> I'm in fairly good health, but this is going to be a while. So that's a uh, timeline scavengers. Uh, every week. Right now, we're releasing two episodes a week on Sundays and Wednesdays. Um, we're trying to slowly ramp that up because, again, it's a lot. So we're trying to get the rate up as quickly as possible without breaking ourselves. So awesome. yeah, that's probably the most germane. And uh, you can find that at Timeline Scav on Twitter. And you can find me at Unabashed James for all the other stuff that I do. I usually retweet all the other stuff too. All right. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for doing this, James. And uh, maybe we'll get you back again before another two years. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Are you looking for a pick-me-up, something to brighten your day? If so, the Hallmarkies podcast is the perfect solution. Our top-rated podcast covers all things Hallmark, holiday, rom-com, and more. This includes recaps of your favorite shows like When Calls the Heart, Good Witch, and Heartland. Each Monday, we have an interview with folks both in front of and behind the camera. We've been blessed to talk with talent like Danica McKellar, Jen Lilly, Fran Drescher, Holly Robinson-Pete, and Amy Acker. At Christmas time, we cover every movie on Hallmark, Lifetime, Netflix, and more. But we are also festive all year round. 
So put on some holiday cheer and tune into the Hallmarkies podcast. You can find the Hallmarkies podcast wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube or at hallmarkiespodcast.com. That's hallmarkiespodcast.com. All right. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Eternals. Thanks to James Anderson for joining me on that one. Make sure to check out his podcast. And uh, as always, I got to remind you, make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever it is you listen to podcasts. And if you like what we do here on the show, maybe give us a little five-star ratings over on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser or Good Pod. And, uh, you know, make sure you follow me on social media at PiecingPod. Join the Facebook group Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. And uh, check out that Patreon I mentioned at the top of the show. Lots of uh, great content over there. And I should mention that uh, I, I had mentioned on the last episode that because of our upcoming honeymoon, I wasn't quite sure... Episodes might be a little spotty in the uh, month of November. I didn't know for sure if we'd get even the one a week that we always promise you guys, but certainly not the two a week that sometimes happens. But I've already recorded three, and I've got three more recording sessions already scheduled, ready to go. I think we'll probably have two a week for the next couple of weeks at least. So uh, no worries there. We'll be on our honeymoon and there will be plenty of episodes incoming. So don't worry. Lots of piecing it together coming your way. And make sure you're subscribed so you can listen to all of it. So uh, yeah, that does it for today. Let's close it out with a piece of music like I always do. And I need something suitably big and huge to go with the Eternals. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the opening track from my most recent regular album. I just released a new album, The Dissection Table, but that is a soundtrack to a film. My most recent just straight-up songs album is self-titled. It's just called David Rosen and the opening track, Creation. It's pretty damn big and huge and uh, over the top. And yeah, that's a good fit for something like Eternals. So uh, let's close it with Creation. The album David Rosen is available to stream on Spotify and Apple Music and all that. And it's available for sale on iTunes and Bandcamp and all those kinds of places. So enjoy this music and we will be back with more Piecing It Together next week.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.